Now time for the BCHL Podcast, presented by Subway. Here's Finn Williams to end the game to the floor. Yeah. He scores! There's a backdoor play. What a goal! Zach Michaelis! Rolling puck in front. Tied up in skate. Rowan Clark with a heroic save. My goodness, Rowan Clark. What did you eat for pregame? Real balls, real shoot scores! Patrick for Nick Real. Donaldson driving the goal, wrapping around. He scores! Brilliant goal by Sean Donaldson. Schleppi to the goal. Once again, he scores! Oh my word, Tyler Schleppi with a dandy! Three on one. A move. Vito back to a move. What a save by May. Coming across with the left leg. My goodness. Hey there. Welcome to the BCHL podcast. I'm your host, Jesse Adamson. As usual, we got a couple great interviews for you today. But before we get started, I want to remind you that the BCHL podcast is presented by Subway. Subway is a longtime partner of the BCHL, and we thank them for their continued support. All right, let's get to the guest list. We're doing things a little bit differently today. Uh, As you probably noticed, we've been including some alumni interview for our 60th anniversary content and celebrating the 60 years of the BCHL. Uh, So we're doubling down on that today. We have a pair of alumni interviews. Both are pretty recognizable names if you know your BCHL history, uh, and both of them appear in the BCHL record books. First up, we speak with former Victoria Salsa player Kyle Greentree, and after that, we speak with longtime BCHLer, played for four different teams, and that is Mike DiStefano. First up, we chat with Kyle Greentree. Greentree played five years in the BCHL, all of them with the Victoria Salsa organization, now known as the Victoria Grizzlies. And if you look at the record books, uh, Greentree's name appears in several places. Most notably, he is the league's third all-time scorer uh, with 216 points. He's also third in goal scoring with 183 goals. Greentree would win a Fred Page Cup during his time in the league. The Salsa took home the 2001 Fred Page Cup, which was his second year in the league. And then after playing his time in the BCHL, he played three years at the University of Alaska, uh, then signed a pro contract with the Philadelphia Flyers organization, and mostly played in the AHL during his North American pro career, but also played uh, in four NHL games with the Flyers and uh, a couple with the Calgary Flames. Uh, After his professional career in North America, he headed off to Europe for a few years uh, and then retired in 2017. So we get into all of that and more. Uh, It was a great chat uh, with uh, a BCHL legend. So let's get into it. Our chat with former Victoria Salsa player and third in the BCHL record books in all time points, Kyle Greentree. All right, Kyle, so you played five full seasons in the BCHL, which is pretty rare. Uh, obviously, you were you were very young when you started to play, um, having played for that long in the league. So what do you remember about that first year in the league? You came in as a, a 15-year-old playing for the Victoria Salsa. What are your memories of that those early days? Yeah, no, at, uh, I mean, at that time, uh, I was... Um I guess I was 15, I was playing for the Panthers, and then I got I got called up to, to the Salsa. And uh, I don't know, I just remember uh, playing in the in the old Victoria form. Um, uh, and then obviously uh, the fans were, were pretty cool, just the, the history of that rink. And then, I mean, as a 15-year-old, uh, you're playing against obviously older uh, players. 
so it was uh, it was pretty humbling, um, and it was uh, it was an experience that I'll, I'll probably remember uh, forever. It was uh, it was pretty neat, yeah. And then in your second year, um, your your team started to enjoy some success. You ended up winning the 2001 Fred Page Cup. Well, what was that experience like on that championship team? Yeah, so that that run was uh, was pretty good. Like like I said, I think uh, that was maybe um, the last or one of the last years of uh, the old rink downtown I know I knew we had a bunch of older guys we had our captain was uh, Pierre Napper Burnett um, we had guys like uh, um, Spence Gilchrist uh, um, you know Jordan Sigalet uh, was in net for us um, yeah Aaron Voros Mike Rosa so we had a lot of older older guys um, and as we kind of went through the playoffs you know you remember the playoffs uh um, it was pretty tough. We played Nanaimo, um, and then I think Burnaby, and then Merritt, and then um, obviously we went on um, to play the Alberta team there and, and not advancing. But um, I remember a lot of Game 7s. <laughs> uh, the Game 7 at home was, uh, was pretty crazy uh, against Merritt where we won it. That was probably the best. Uh, obviously, I was from Victoria, so friends and family were there, and I was I think I was 17 at the time, 16, 17. So, um, you know, had a bunch of success and um, squeaking a win out in game six in Merritt. Uh, I think Jordan Sigalet uh, was huge that game. It was pretty cool. It was uh, something that we all kind of worked, worked pretty hard towards, but it happened so fast, you know, like how playoff and playoff runs go. Um, you know, you get on a roll and we started winning and um, – yeah, it was a it was a pretty cool year for sure. So your point totals improved dramatically each season you were in the league. Um, in your first year, you you, you had three, 13 points. I know you didn't play quite as many games, but then the next year it was 65. After that, 85, 97. And then in your fifth and final year, you had 115 points, led the league in scoring. So uh, the progression is obvious for just from the numbers, but um, as someone who was living it, how did you view the improvements and the growth of your game at that time from year to year? Yeah, like, I was, uh, I guess I had classified myself as a late bloomer. I, I didn't necessarily, like, uh, um, come out of my shell, I guess you could speak, until, you know, those latter years. So always improved, but uh, always had success. And I played with a lot of, like, good good players too, right? So um, whether it was through uh, new players coming in uh, every year um, or you know, it's 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 trades at the trade deadline. I've I've played with uh, a lot of skilled players. I remember the Brian McCormicks, the uh, um, when we played the Steve Sigetys, Clayton Lanesberries, the uh, um, you know the Mark Fultons, and the, you build you know chemistry with all these you know offensive uh, players and. Um, yeah, it, it was pretty good. And then it, latter, the latter years, you know, you got um, stronger and you got to know the league. And when you, I, I think when you feel more comfortable within the league and you start finding your game at like, you know, everyone's different. I, I kind of started finding it at like 17, 18, 19. And it took me a little bit longer. But, um, yeah, it was uh, – you know, obviously hard work in the off season, and I skated with a lot of uh, uh, 
pretty high pros uh, through the summers in Victoria. We had a lot of good skates. And, and back then, the game was a lot different than it is now. Um, it was a tough league to play in. Uh, you know, there was a lot of, uh, a lot of the, the hockey was quote-unquote old-school hockey. There was a lot of uh, big guys, tough guys, and some intimidating barns uh, to go into. So um, there wasn't much time and space uh, when I played. Uh, a little bit different now with the speed and obviously the skill of the game, but uh, pretty happy with how kind of everything worked out, um, you know, through my years in, in the BCHL. Yeah, you finished up your career with 375 points, uh, which is third all-time, uh, 183 goals, third all-time, and 192 assists, which is 10th. So when you hear that and, and you see where you stand in BCHL history, and especially with all the great players that have come through the league, uh, what does it mean to you to, to see your name on those lists? Oh, it's pretty pretty humbling, to be honest. Uh, um, you know, never really played a game to to get those achievements you try to just you know play as hard as you can and be a good teammate and I was fortunate to play a lot of years in the BCHL to, to get to that point so when you look at the names it's it's pretty cool now you know I'm I'm 38 and I've got a young family that my girls are in hockey too and you reflect on it and it, it's pretty cool and even with my ties with with the Grizzlies still um, you know, obviously I have my, my number retired there and, um, we, we go there yearly to, you know, go kind of behind the scenes. I still know a lot of, uh, um, the front office staff and even the fans, uh, that when I was there are, are still around. So, uh, I've got my family there and I think that's the coolest part is, is you get to connect with, uh, the people that you spent the time, your time with there and, and had success. So, um, extremely uh you know fortunate uh, i guess would be uh, a good word yeah you mentioned your connections with the grizzlies still and, and your jersey retired and stuff like that just curious if you if you still follow the team much have you been following this year yeah for sure i do i have, have contact with uh uh assistant coaches and owners and stuff and i'm in constant contact so i have i do watch uh the standings uh i mean not as 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 particular as I used to be, but um, yeah, for sure, they're it's there's a special spot, and they've got some good young players there. And even when you know the Bens went through the Bozaks, the the New Hooks, uh, you always kept tabs on on them. And um, you know, I've I've got buddies that still go to the games, and I've got uh, buddies that are in you know the hockey world still in Victoria. So it's it's a pretty tight knit. Uh, community so uh i live in the lower mainland but um i definitely keep a, a bead on the team for sure yeah i wanted to ask you they have uh it seems like another up-and-coming superstar on their team and matthew wood uh he's leading the league in points he just turned 17 uh he scored an unbelievable goal the other night then ended up on on tsn as their highlight of the night so uh, just curious what you've seen and what you heard about him um given your connections to the team yeah, for sure. No, I've talked to a, a couple of the uh, coaches and uh, um, some of the uh, ownership group. And, yeah, he's super exciting. I, I haven't seen him live or, or personally, um, but obviously the highlights. And it's great for, you know, not only the team, but the city and, and himself. It's uh, it's pretty cool when you have uh, such a good talent and 
you know, even the guys around him, um, you know, make him better. So it's, it's not just, I don't think just him. It's obviously a great, great talent, but um, it's the guys playing around him that, that are pretty cool to see. But yeah, it's, it seems like every couple of years, every year, it seems to be on every team uh, a really good player. So before we move on for the BCHL, I just want to ask you one more thing. Um, you uh, you played for the Salsa your, your five years in the league. That's kind of become uh, a, a pretty, uh, I don't want to say infamous, but a, a very unique jersey and logo and branding. So uh, just curious what your thoughts were on the, on the Salsa branding and, and logo. And people seem to have a special place for it in their hearts when they look back on it. What were your thoughts of, of being a member of the Victoria Salsa? Oh, for sure. Uh, pretty proud. I mean, uh, back then, uh, you know, we didn't have the WHL team, the Sham, the, you know, the Victoria Shamrocks were huge, obviously with lacrosse, but the Victoria Salsa, um, especially with the relation with the old form, uh, downtown there, it was pretty cool. And, uh, you know, it was one of those classic, uh, jerseys and, uh, it was a random, (laughs) you know, kind of like a, uh, a spicy pepper, uh, so to speak. Um, which you'll probably never see, never see again. But uh, it was it was really cool. I still have uh, a jersey uh, tucked away. Um, but a lot of the the fans, uh, you know, they, they related to that because it was so unique. So it was pretty cool. <laughs> So after, uh, because you're playing the BCHL, you ended up securing a scholarship to University of Alaska. You spent three there, three years there from 04 to 07. Um, so what was your college experience like? Yeah, it was good. It was really great. Uh, again, I classed myself as a late bloomer. So it took me, uh, you know, a while to kind of get my feet wet in every league that I played. And I, I think I was, um, you know, it took me a little bit to adapt. So with college hockey, I was able to play out of the gate, uh, good coaching stuff and a great program. And I love, love my time in Fairbanks. Uh, obviously I knew a lot of players up there, uh, a lot of friends and past teammates and, uh, you know, it's a hockey town and we got to travel every other week to the, uh, Michigan, Michigan state, Ohio state. So, um, you got to play a high end, high-end talent and and got to experience you know kind of like the world um so it was it was it was great it was probably one of my uh my best three years of uh of my life uh playing in alaska there then after year three you ended up signing a contract with the philadelphia flyers organization you finished out that season with their ahl team uh the philadelphia phantom so what was it about philly and their organization that made you want to sign there yeah, it was. It kind of happened quick. Uh, There's, uh, you know, at the end of the year, there you're you're still playing in playoffs, and um, once that was done, yeah, we kind of decided that Philly was the right spot, the um, young team, and there was opportunity. So, um, to be honest, you just wanted to continue playing hockey and uh, go to an organization organization that was, um, you know, any at any level NHL team. So. Um, you know, Philly showed a lot of interest and I ended up signing there and I spent two years there. It was, it was a pretty cool experience. Yeah. And, and part of that experience was you, you got to get in a, a couple of NHL games with the Flyers and then uh, you played another two actually the year after with the Calgary Flames. So uh, I know it was only four games, but how special was it for you to achieve that? And I, I imagine it was a, a dream of yours to get that done. 
No, for sure. It was unbelievable. It was such a cool experience. I mean, uh, when you're in it, uh, you try to like soak it up, but I don't think you do as much as, you know, when you're a little bit older, but, uh, just great memories. You just, you just, you just remember the little things, uh, the players that you played with, the, the caliber of the league. And, um, you know, you, you've kind of like, that's, you've made it. That's, that was the goal. And I, I'm such a huge fan of like the game. Um, I'm fortunate, you know, to reach the highest level. I only played a couple games, but, um, you know, I, I played 10 years pro and I think like I'm most proud of just the longevity of it. You don't really see, um, you know, especially with injuries and how things work is an unpredictable, uh, job, um, being a professional athlete. So, um, the games were great and they were like a huge highlight for me and my family, but I think just, um, being able to play as long as I did, um, was um and and to play with as many players and relationships was was just as cool. So you ended up having a really str- a strong AHL career. You played for Philadelphia, like I said, uh, Quad City, Rockford, and Hershey in the AHL. So out of those places, uh, what stands out to you as maybe your your favorite or the best out of, out of those AHL cities to play in? Yeah, for sure they're all they're all really good. I mean, the, the league's super good. Uh, Obviously, Philadelphia was my first uh, stop, and that was awesome. You, you played in the city. And then also, you know, my last stop was Hershey, and they got such a rich uh, history there. Uh, my daughter was born there. Um, so you kind of have a little bit of ties. And um, at the time, we were, we were a pretty good team. So you remember the memories. You remember, you know, the fans, there was, you know, the, the rink holds, you know, 15,000. And I think we had, you know, sellouts most of the games, right? So um, pretty cool, uh, pretty cool towns. And I mean, all the AHL cities, uh, they just are different, but, but good at the same time. So after playing five years pro in North America, you did what, what many players do and you headed to Europe for the back half of your career. Uh, so what went into the decision to, to leave North America and, and head to Europe? Yeah, so the, the lockout happened and, and with my games played, I was I was a veteran in the American League, so my games were fairly high. And at that time, you're only allowed to dress a couple veterans, four or five, I think. Uh, and then with the NHL lockout looming, um, you know, you kind of like, you saw your packing order and you had the, the guys that were up coming down and um, still at the top of my game, I decided I had, you know, a, a young family at the time was um, signed it in the Austrian league. I knew some friends, um, players that I've passed played with. Um, over there, Curtis Fraser, Adam Naglich, guys that I used to play with. And it was kind of like a foot in the door. So I, I headed over to uh, Croatia, played a year there, and then uh, traveled on um, to uh, Switzerland and then to Germany and then finishing off in Austria. So played in some, the top leagues there, which was was pretty cool to see, you know, different countries and even the different style of play. It was, it was pretty neat. So you've been retired for a few years now. Uh, you mentioned you're in the lower mainland these days, but uh, what else are you up to these days post uh, playing career? Yeah, so I've been uh, retired from hockey for about seven years now. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm a full-time fire, firefighter uh, in Burnaby. So uh, kind of like a similar 
I love helping people. I uh, love the job. And then obviously uh, uh, kind of similar in the fire service is, uh, is your relationships. And it's kind of like uh, similar to like a hockey team. You, you have your, uh, you know, your, your colleagues and you go on, uh, you go on calls and you, you help the community. And, and for me, it's like, uh, I love helping people. I love, uh, you know, it's a challenging job, um, but it's, uh, it's super rewarding. And then obviously I'm, my oldest daughter is, is full-time into swimming. And I'm doing a little development, uh, on the side myself. So I'm, I'm in the rink probably four times a week and, and I love, love the game and, um, you know, people say like giving back or, or whatever, and and it is a lot about that. But for me, it's it's just like I, I love the game of hockey. Um, you know, it's, it's great for like uh, my mental health. Uh, it's great for uh, keeping me in shape, and I just I love the game. So um, yeah, it's, I'm I'm still in it, and my youngest. Uh, it's just her, it's her first year, so she's full bore with her right now. She's, she seems to like it, so I'm pretty excited about that. Last question for you. Um, so you were one of many BCHL alumni that were set to play in the league's alumni game at the 60th anniversary All-Star event in Penticton last month. Of course, it, it ended up being postponed. But uh, with that in mind and looking back on your time in the league and where you ended up with your, your career, uh, what does the BC Hockey League mean to you? Oh, it's it's an unbelievable uh, stepping stone for uh, for young players um, looking to to further their careers, and and it's not only about like the hockey. It's about getting them um, to the U.S. colleges. It's about creating uh, uh, kind of like a stepping stone in a young in a young uh, man's life, and with these teams and the coaching staff and um, the organizations and support. Um, it was it was huge for my development and um, for the players that are in the league that are looking to move on. Uh, it's it's such a great league and stepping stone uh, to to not only play hockey or is, is is also is to get your education and then also is to um, try to learn to become a, an adult. I guess uh, you could say. All right, Kyle. Well, really appreciate you chatting with me. Thanks a lot. And uh, hopefully we'll see you next year uh, at the rescheduled 60th anniversary event. I'll be there. Thanks. Uh, thanks for having me. appreciate it. What would you call a new crispy chicken sidekick made by Subway sandwich experts? With seasoned chicken breast free from artificial flavors, a crispy golden brown coating, and freshly prepared just for you? At Subway, we call it the complete package. Introducing our new crispy chicken sidekick. Only $3.99, only at Subway, and only here for a limited time. Subway, eat fresh. Freshly prepared for your order. Limited time at participating restaurants. Extras additional plus tax. Thank you very much to Kyle Greentree for joining the pod. All right, next up, our second interview is with Mike DeStefano. DeStefano played five seasons in the BCHL, and he played for several different teams. He started off with the Burnaby Bulldogs, uh, played for the Quinnell Millionaires, the Powell River Kings, went back to the Bulldogs when they were in Alberni, and finished off his career in the 04-05 season with the Chilliwack Chiefs. 
DiStefano put up 310 points over his five-year career in the BCHL. But what is most notable is that he did it in 297 regular season games, which puts him at the very top of the list in all-time games played. Needless to say, as someone who has that record, he knows a ton about the BCHL and what it was like back uh, in the early 2000s. His, His career spanned from 1999 to 2005. So uh, we chatted with him about his five years in the league, what it means to him to own that record, and uh, we get into the different markets he played in and what was next for him after his time in the BCHL. So let's not waste any more time and get right to it. Here's our chat with Mike DiStefano, the BCHL's all-time leader in games played. All right, Mike, you are the BCHL's all-time leader in games played, Uh, 297 regular season games under your belt. You played for five different teams over your five-year career in the league. Uh, Safe to say you you probably know the league better than most. So uh, thinking back to that period of time from 2000 to 2005, uh, what was the BCHL like? What was the playing style like uh, in your era? Uh, yeah, it was, uh, it was very exciting. Um, you know, first off to, to hold kind of that record is, is pretty cool. Um, you know, and to be able to do it over multiple communities in the BCHL and just see what the league is all about and the, the love and support you get from communities all over BC was, was pretty awesome experience. Um, but the BCHL at that time, it was, it was kind of in a transition. It was starting to become a very skilled game lots of high-end players coming into the league um you know and speed and skill just started to kind of take over not to say it wasn't there before but you really started to see the transition with um you know travis zajac coming in and later on with um andrew ebbets and tambellinis and you know the name a few you had the santarellis and just brandon yep a lot of a lot of great players that came through um the at that time and just kind of started into getting some some more i guess um exposure at the nhl level which really really made the the game exciting at that time so you broke in as a rookie with the burnaby bulldogs in the year 2000 as a 16 year old i I believe that was your hometown team so uh, what do you remember about making the transition to junior hockey back then uh it was pretty pretty incredible uh i was very fortunate to have a uh, an awesome leadership group. Um, some of our, our 20 and 21 year olds like Dale Lupo, Milan Geich, Adam Taylor, they were all, uh, very good to me and in, in helping me transition. It, it was quite the experience going from Notre Dame, small town in, in kind of Regina area in Saskatchewan, playing hockey there, getting a little bit used to living away from home, but travel, Obviously, playing for Burnby, I was able to live at home, but just kind of got used to that atmosphere around being on a bus, being part of a team. But I'd say the most memorable piece of it was just just getting to know, you know, a lot of the older, experienced generation and and having them pass on a lot of good good experiences and knowledge to to us young rookies, and really helping us kind of evolve um, evolve our game and turn into more professional players than just, you know, coming from a minor hockey environment. And then the year after that, you were acquired by the Quinnell Millionaires. Obviously, Quinnell doesn't have a team anymore. So for for those who don't remember or who don't know, uh, what was it like playing there? Uh, What was the the atmosphere like, the fans, the building? What was uh, the experience in Quinnell like? 
Uh, I mean, experiencing small town junior hockey is is something I think everybody needs to experience. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun to be in a town where everybody kind of knows your name and recognizes you, and they come to the games. Um, all you know, that's that's their weekends. They look forward to it. It, it gives it instills some heart into the community. Um, so that was my first experience of a uh, small town junior hockey team. And it was great. The, you know, Quinnell was, was a lot of fun to be a part of. Uh, there's so many, so many things you can do there that people don't realize um, throughout the winter season. And we had some of the greatest billets, I think up there who really opened their homes to a lot of us and, and showed us what kind of Quinnell had to offer. So it, it was a pretty, pretty exciting place to be a part of at that time. And you know, was happy I got to experience that. And then moving ahead to year number three, uh, you uh, played with the Powell River Kings, uh, and that was your best year statistically. You you put up ninety points in sixty seven games. Um, what seemed to work so well for you during your time in Powell River? You know, it, it's just one of those things. I think if you look at um, kind of the trajectory, everything kind of came together at that at that time. Um, really, confidence level was a an all-time high kind of coming off a year at 16 where, you know, you, you knew you wouldn't play as much in key situations and then 17 to kind of average a point a game and really good season. It kind of gave you a bit, bit of a confidence boost to, to move into, I guess a more senior role and, uh, you know, had a lot of uh, great players, um, you know, but played on the line for the most part with uh, Arkan Kootenai and Brian Harris and we kind of just clicked. We were all really good friends and, you know, had, had a lot of fun, had a, had a strong team. And I, I think that just kind of brought us together and things came together at the right time. And then after that, uh, year four and five, you split uh, between Powell River and Alberni. And then year five was with Chilliwack. Um, so what, was it hard for you to, to move around so much? You, you mentioned all the different communities you got to know and the positives of it, of getting to know the league and, and the different players and teams and communities. But was it difficult for you to uh, move around and, and not really stay in the same place for too long? Uh, it, you know, it wasn't at that age. It was, it was almost an exciting time. Um, you know, I think thinking back to the teenager mentality, there was, you know, a lot of those situations I asked to be moved and in some situations I was looking to get kind of back to the lower mainland closer to home. Uh, it didn't always work out that way, but you know, we, the BCHL did a great job at finding billet families that made you feel like home. I still have relationships with a lot of the Billet families, specifically in Port Alberti. I still talk to the McGiffords a lot. Um, they were they were a, a big piece of me settling in. Um, so you know, you kind of you kind of really, you know, if you if you get yourself in with a good family, they they make it easy. And the hockey family is always small, so even though you're moving to, to different teams, you always knew someone on every team. And you know, for Port Alberti, for example, it was um, got to kind of come back with Milan or sorry, Nanad Geich who came back from college to play there. We played together as, as rookies. And then when you're moving into Chilliwack, um, you know, I got to play with a good friend of mine, Peter Bogdanich. And, you know, that was, that was pretty cool for us to be able to play together on my last year as well. So, you know, that makes it a little bit easier. Um, and you touched on this a little bit at, at the start, but to know that you have the record for most games played in the history of the league, given the the 60 years that the league's been around, the, the amount of 
talent and, and good players that have come through. What does it mean to you to know that you hold that record? Yeah, I think it's, it's, you know, when you first hear about it, you're like, wow, I was there for a long time. You know, how did I, how did I not get other opportunities? But then, you know, you look at it like, um, it, it's quite a privilege to, to be able to say that knowing that it, it's probably a record that'll be really challenging to beat, um, these days, you know, and, and the, the fun I had, the friendships I've made, the experiences I got, it, it, it's a really cool thing to have to, to be able to say. And not only that, I mean, it's a testament to, you know, injuries, right? I mean, being able to play that many games in, in almost every season, playing um, the, the most amount of games you can play, um, it, it's almost like that Ironman streak where, you know, you know you, you got lucky and didn't have injuries or serious injuries that set you out for a while. And, and in, and in the end, I think, you know, it got me where I, I really wanted to go and ending up playing in Europe. So it, to me, it's it's such a cool thing that the BCHL went back and looked at this and, and created these statistics to because it is something that I think, you know, be able to show my kids and talk to about with my friends about, you know, the experience I had and having that record is pretty awesome. Yeah, like you said, after your your junior career, you went to play Europe and in Italy specifically. Uh, was that always the plan? Was there uh, the thought or, or the hope that you might go the NCAA route before? Um, how did that work out that you ended up uh, heading to Italy right after your junior career? Well, I think you know, for me, it was it, it was really um, a scholarship was where I where I wanted to go from from a young age and you know, opportunities came up to jump over to the WHL and, and in my head, I, I really wanted to go NCAA route. Um, you know, the, the, the biggest thing I think that got in my way was, um, school and, and the, you know, the, the efforts that I put in there as a teenager weren't probably where I wish they would have been. Um, that would have uh, given me more opportunities and more open, more doors to the NCAA route, something I instill in my kids and, and any kids I coach today, is to really put that effort into school because it, it can pay huge dividends and open a lot more opportunities. And, you know, when when I got offered to go over there at 19, just before the NHL strike, um, it was just that luck of the draw. I got a call from somebody in Europe, uh, in Italy, and asked if I had an Italian passport, which I did. They asked if I'd be willing to play over there, and I said I'd be open to it. I talked to a, a few friends of mine who played over there, one a BCHL alumni, Bobby Gennetti, um, as well. And, and they all had a, had positive things to say. And, you know, at that, I did sign to move over there, but there was the NHL strike that year. So it didn't happen my 19 year old year. So that that's where I went back, played my 20 year old year, but you know, it was something that kind of came around at 19. I never really thought of. And, you know, when I, when I looked at where, where my career was, was going, I felt like it would be a cool opportunity and, you know, potential to play for the Italian national team in Vancouver, um, was something that kind of, also triggered me to want to head over that way. Yeah, I know uh, just looking at your your profile, you did represent Italy uh, internationally. So what was the situation around that? Uh, what what competitions were you involved in? Uh, it, it was uh, quite the experience. I mean, after my first year, you know, you never really get too much um, opportunities in, in your first year over there. And it was the time that, uh, the Olympics were were in Torino, so there was a lot of players I played with that represented Italy in in uh, the Olympics that year. So that was really cool to see. And then the next year, I you know I got to play. Um, there's just multiple tournaments they host throughout the season. We went over to Slovenia 
and just played a three three kind of game exhibition series and that was um that was my first uh, kind of experience with the Italian national team which was awesome to put any sort of national jersey um over your head and and play for for a country that you know you, you have a nationality to is 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 an amazing experience uh, I wish I would have got to stay and and play more and you know but ultimately when I decided to pack it in that that meant giving up on on those dreams as well but it was um it was a it was a great experience and something I'll never forget for sure. Yeah, before you did pack it in, uh, I know you won a championship over in Italy with the club team. So, um, what what was that experience like when you when you got to win a title over there? That was awesome. Uh, to be honest, uh, that was that was a really fun year. We we had a lot of great players on that team um, who who just really made the experience a lot of fun and. You know, we had a, a first rounder on our team with Daniel Kachuk, and um, you know we had an ex um Canucks alumni, Chris Joseph, and you know a couple guys that you could look up to, and and just really, you know, you never thought you would experience playing with some of these some of these players, and it, you know, to win a championship in any league, it's it's never easy, and you know, in my first year in a city like Milan, which is you know. A lot of fun and there's a lot to do there to celebrate it was probably one of the, the the most memorable experiences of my hockey career um being able to kind of share that and, and win that over in italy so you retired um over 10 years now 10 10 12 years ago um so what have you been up to since then since your playing days uh, are over you mentioned coaching uh, what, what else are you up to these days uh well, right now I currently work for TELUS and, you know, TELUS is, uh, it's been an amazing kind of transition from the hockey world into, to the business world. I, I think I started with TELUS probably four months after I, um, left Italy and came back home and, uh, been here 14 years. And, you know, the one, the one great thing about TELUS is their involvement in the community and, and in sports, um, that kind of, a lot of their values align with mine and I've been really happy doing so and, most recently, I bought into uh, a hockey um, program called Inside Edge Hockey Training, and we're probably one of the largest hockey training companies in in the Lower Mainland, and run run a lot of the major tournaments and and spring teams, and and have the the largest learn to play program called Rascals Hockey. So, being able to have you know involvement at the grassroots and help develop some of these kids up into you know whether it's just having the experience of minor hockey or playing junior or beyond is pretty awesome. And I have two boys, 13 and 11 that I coach out in Port Coquitlam minor hockey and, you know, I've done some power skating and always, always stayed in the game. I, I loved, I loved hockey. It brought me a lot of amazing experiences in life and I, I wanted to be able to give back and share some of my experiences with younger kids who maybe, you know, need some mentoring and some support. So I try to stay involved as, as much as I can and, try to really give back as, as much as I can to the game. That was so good to me. Last question for you. Uh, th- this year is the league 60th anniversary. And as you, you know, well, you were one of the former players that was set to play in the league's alumni game at the outdoor event, uh, which was unfortunately postponed. But um, given that context, given it's the 60th uh, anniversary, when you look back on your time in the league, uh, what does the BCHL mean to you? Well, I, the BCHL means a great deal. I, I think, you know, the, the ability for the, the BCHL to, to just 
allow you to, to grow and experience, you know, a very high level hockey, professional level of hockey. I think there we're second to none when it comes to this level of programming to how we treat our our hockey players and our young young players and, and provide them with the environment to grow and continue to develop and you know experience all the things that they get to from travel to focus on education to scholarships it's it's meant a lot to me and I you know I don't think I would have stayed five years if it wasn't something I was proud to be a part of and wasn't having a a lot of fun and and as I can contest being being on five different teams in five years there's a there's so many good things in every community and it's it's something I think that's important to BC and important to the being able to feed into from minor hockey up and up into that league is is important for our game and it I think BCHL really really does a great job at supporting at all levels and uh, you know, I, I'm very grateful for all the opportunities I had. All right, Mike. Well, thank you so much for taking time out of your day to chat with me. And uh, we'll hopefully see you next year at the outdoor event. Yeah, I hope so too. Looking forward to it. Look, sounds very exciting. All right. Thanks, Mike. Thank you. All right. That does it. Another episode of the BCHL podcast in the books. Huge thank you to both my guests, Mike DiStefano, who you just heard from, the all-time leader in games played in the BCHL, and of course, Kyle Greentree, who we talked to at the start, former Victoria Salsa player and third all-time in points in the BCHL and third in goals as well. Before we go, another thank you to Subway, who is the presenting sponsor of the BCHL podcast. And of course, as usual, thank you to our producer, Greg Ballack, for putting this thing together behind the scenes. If you're looking for more 60th anniversary content, we've got you covered at bchl.ca. This week, we continued to go through the different decades, and uh, we posted a story all about the 2000s, from 2000 to 2009. Uh, Lots of good stuff in there. Talks about uh, an increased uh, representation at the NHL draft. That decade saw the most uh, NHL draft picks out of the BCHL in uh, league history and also included the highest ever draft pick from the BCHL and for any junior A player for that matter. And that was Kyle Turris when he went third overall to the Phoenix Coyotes in 2007. So plenty to cover in that decade. It's the second to last of our decade series. So be sure to check that out at bchl.ca. And for all other information about the league, stats scores standings head to the website or check us out on social media we are at bc hockey league on instagram twitter and facebook all right everybody thanks a lot for listening talk to you again soon